Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer. Unfortunately, we're talking to you after a Saints loss, 40-29 in Philadelphia. John was there on hand, so you got a really good look at what happened in this ball game. It was another slow start by the Saints, and this one seemed like it was just a little bit too much for them to have to overcome. What were your your takeaways now that we've kind of had almost 24 hours here to think about it? Yeah, this it got out of hand early, and and, and I think the biggest thing is, you know, unfortunately for the Saints, the defense can't afford to struggle. It just can't because the offense, as presently constituted, is not a quick strike offense. It, it's not really great at comeback. I mean, yeah, when you're 20 down and you know the defense, you know, opposing defense gets a little loose. You're able to move the ball a little bit better, but you know, as as this team is presently constructed, this this defense can't struggle early. It can't allow early touchdowns and you know an early deficit because it's just too much right now uh, to ask this offense to be crisp and and pristine and to score on you know four straight possessions, whatever it is, to be able to to, to make those kinds of comebacks. So you know, I, I don't know if it's fair or unfair because I mean it's a team sport. You want every unit to pull its own weight, and yet this team is constructed to where the defense knows it needs to be the, the, the unit, uh, says it the unit. And so in a game like yesterday, it can't be given up 242 yards rushing and five yards of carry uh, to a team that you know is going to run the ball. So it, it, the defense just got to be a lot better. It's got to be a lot better, and it's got to be a lot better quicker, quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, the Saints' defense is supposed to be the best in the league. And, and knowing, as you said, that that's what the Eagles have been doing well over the past few weeks, you would have hoped that they would be better prepared for that. Uh, quarterback Trevor Simeon, he was 22 of 40 for 214. He had three touchdowns, but he did have two interceptions, and those were early in the ball game, key moments. And I think momentum shifted around those Um he took responsibility for those, said he's got to be better, that he contributed to the Saints being in too big of a hole. Although it was another great fourth quarter comeback and they were able to put some points on the board there. Simeon, you know, has been solid. And this is the first game that he has had an interception or a turnover. So you can't put it all on him. When we look at this next game, only have a few days for prepare. We would like to get some more bodies. Um, a lot of people have been injured this past week. Who are the people that you're looking at that need to step up in this next game? Well, I mean, the passing game's got to be better. Um, now, if Alvin Kamara comes back, and, and that's, I think there's a solid chance that'll happen, that makes everything a little bit better. Uh, okay. If the two tackles come back, Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead, that makes things a little bit easier on offense. Because, but this offense needs to start quicker. Um, you can't continue to get in 20-point holes and expect to score 22 in the fourth quarter. They've been able to do that two out of the last three games. But, again, you're in such a deficit that the 22, you know, some, you know it got them a one-point lead against Atlanta. It didn't even get them a lead against Philadelphia. That's how big the deficit was. So you can't continue to fall in these holes and expect to be able to score 22 in the fourth quarter. That's just not feasible in the NFL. So they've got to start quicker. Uh, they've got to put themselves in a position where, you know, you can't continue to go into halftime down 14 to nothing or, you know, 17 to three or whatever it is. You've got to be in a position where you can score more points than you have. And that means you got to be a lot more efficient. Uh, both of Simeon's interceptions came in the first half and one of them was a pick six. Right. That can 
when we're the shorthanded team and just can't. Uh, so I know that's a lot of responsibility. And, you know, this is not a mistake-free game because it's made by, you know, it's played by human beings and we're all full of mistakes, but they got to be clean. <laughs> They've just got to be clean. And even if you don't turn it over, it's worst case scenario, you punt, you don't turn it over, but you cannot turn it over when you're in a situation in the state that the Saints are in right now. And so hopefully offensively they can clean it up. We already mentioned that the defense, defense has got to be better. I mean, you, yeah. you can't go around giving yourself nicknames and you can't, you know, you know, I mean, you just can't if you're going to play that way. I mean, you got to play up to us the standard that you say you have for yourself. And it's got to be every week. It can't be, you know, two out of three weeks. It can't be three out of five weeks. It's got to be every single week because you know exactly what this team is made out of right now. And you know you got to carry a big piece of the load. So, you know, we'll see what happens with those two units Thanksgiving night. Yeah, it's going to be a big game Thanksgiving night. Both teams coming in here, desperate for wins. The Buffalo Bills coming off a big loss to the Colts on Sunday. And the Saints have had three straight losses. It's going to be a 720 kick on NBC. And to kind of give us some insight into the Bills and what they've been going through, we have Vic Carucci, who co-hosts on Sirius XM. He contributes to WGRZ up there in Buffalo. He's a writer. He's done a lot with the NFL for many years. Definitely somebody that knows what he's talking about, especially in terms of the Bills. Vic, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast today. Going to get some insight on the Bills. I know it's been a rough couple weeks for you as well. We've had a few losses here. So just kind of looking back at first the Jaguars loss is nine to six. And then this past weekend's loss was a little bit different story. So how have things been going over these past few weeks? Yeah, I, I think the same story, though, is two out of three weeks. You've had uh, some pretty inexplicable losses if you buy the fact that this team was a contender, a, not just a contender to win their division for the second year in a row, but to be a Super Bowl contender for the second year in a row and this time finish the job, go the distance. Uh, they haven't looked like that team, certainly for – parts of this season, but especially two of these last three games. And I would say the the Jacksonville game definitely had people kind of scratching their heads and, and wondering just what's wrong with the offense because the defense played more than well enough to allow them to win the game. And then this Colts game, wow, this was both sides of the ball, you know, just getting trampled defensively. Uh, that's the the big stunner, I'd say. And then after that, you know, the, an offense's inability to, uh, to get anything going. What has been the change that you've seen since how we saw this team start? I mean, they were so dominant through the first part of this season, but what's kind of been the difference that you've noticed? Yeah, that's, that's what people are trying to figure out here, Aaron, is which are the real bills, the, the four mm -hmm. and one team that started the year or what we've seen of late um, in, in this, in their, uh, other half of the first half, I would say that uh, I think the most baffling part of trying to analyze this team is it's mostly the same team as 2020 that went 13 and three in the regular mm -hmm. season that won a couple of playoff games uh, and, and fell just short of the Super Bowl, losing to KC in that AFC championship game. Uh, they've returned, as I say, this roster pretty much fully intact. And they're, they're not playing, obviously, at that level 
um, offensively, mostly. De- defensively, out of 10 games now, I think they've had eight that were lights out or close to it. But they've had two real stinkers defensively, and one, of course, being the most recent game, the Colts, the other being Tennessee. And the common denominator there was the inability to stop a top-level back, the two best in the league in Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. And the, the offense, the best I can come up with is – probably the same type of thing you've heard from the Kansas city chiefs, which is teams have done a far better job or figured out ways to take away those uh, dynamic quick strike plays, the cover two shell, and just, just keeping the back end of the defense protected um, zone underneath uh, contain the quarterback who can move around. Josh Allen is, is as mobile as they can, and B and, and remarkable for six, five and, and two forty, Um, but he has been doing less damage on the move, whether it's just him running or running and throwing. And, uh, you don't, you don't hear Stefan Diggs or see Stefan Diggs being this dominant, consistent guy play after play, uh, or game after game. And th- there have been questions raised schematically, you know, are they doing enough to get him open? So, those are the questions that linger and obviously not a lot of great answers so far. Vic, are they finding the, I guess maybe a different view from being the contender or the, or the team that's being chased as opposed to the team that's doing the chasing. I mean, once you get there and you become the contender, now you're everybody's playoff game every week. Are they kind of finding it find that look from, from opponents? John, I think that's spot on the, the hunted versus the hunter, right? And it's a, it's a different approach. It's it, it I think, um, and, and I, again, I, I would stop short of trying to go, get inside the heads of the, of the players or the coaches or the, you know, the overall team and say, I know how they're thinking or feeling, but it seems from the outside or, or as close a perspective as one can have covering the team that they maybe psychologically or, or maybe the maturity of it all, um, aren't quite grasping what it means to be the hunted, what it means to have a target, a big one, every game, and have teams do everything they can, both off the field and, and planning, practicing, scheming, meeting, uh, and then on the field to take away your best. And you know, let's look at this Colts team, for instance. I would call them good. I'd call them solid. But let's the three of us talking here before that game, you didn't see the Colts and say, yeah, that, that looks like a, a, a club that could really do what it did to Buffalo. And by the way, that, that could mean that all our assumptions that, you know, the Vegas odds makers, all that, we can, we can all be wrong, of course. Um, and, and we've seen that with other games this year too, right? That we didn't expect the, the, the outcomes to be what they were by a lot. That said, um, I think it also speaks to the fine-tuned coaching and, the, the, the focus of the players. I think the Colts came to uh, Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, which shouldn't be an easy place to play. The fans, as you know, are just rabid. I mean, they, that place was roaring and people were excited and, and they, they feel that they're on the verge of something big with this team. Um, and they took that away. They, they took it away quickly. By halftime, you heard booing from that crowd. So uh, it's, it's, yes, I think the approach of opponents is different, whether the bills are 
geared to handle that is another story. Now, Josh, being a young quarterback, it, it, do you sense, I guess, do you get a sense of him maybe pressing a little bit? Because we saw that here with Drew Brees some years ago. The Saints weren't doing what you think they maybe could or should have, and maybe he tried to do a little bit too much uh, to carry the team a little bit. Is that you know a situation with Josh maybe where you know a young guy kind of gets a little frustrated and says, you know what, if maybe I can just will this team to it? Yes, John, I think it's happening and, and has been happening multiple times, uh, especially this year. It's happened before with him last year as well, even though he you know he had a better overall season. He's admitted this. He says when he gets that kind of anger, he's described it as anger or frustration with himself or with the offense in general, that sometimes the worst comes out in terms of his performance. I see a guy pressing. I see a guy who feels that he needs to do more, especially when he sees the defense not responding uh, the way or doing what it should do, like in a game like this. Uh, or just overall, the offense just not getting in gear. And I do see uh, 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 when he gets into that frustration, doing some things that lead to, uh, and I thought this happened a lot on Sunday against the Colts, overthrows and throws that were wide and, and just, just not taking the time or, or the mental you know, setup. And I realize it's all going to happen in seconds, but to follow through with his proper mechanics. Uh, I think those go by the wayside when you're pressing. It, it seems natural. The other thing is lack of rhythm. Um, and, and my sense of offenses are you're usually in a better rhythm. And let's, let's again use Indianapolis as an example. Carson Wentz, who didn't have like a blowaway game statistically, but he had Jonathan Taylor. And that running game and a scheme, and I think we see this with the Patriots too, right, with, with yeah. uh, Mac Jones. The running game sort of sets up these favorable down and distances and the quarterback can stay on schedule and stay in a rhythm and, and a pace. And the bills are at their best offensively. I know this can be said about a lot of teams, but I think especially with them and what we saw last year and at times this year, when they are in a, a rhythm, a pace that is a little quicker uh, and everybody's just on point and it, it seems more disjointed or it did certainly in that game Sunday. Now, that said, you know, Thursday night, we'd certainly love to see Josh Allen struggle, but <laughs> really, really good football player. <laughs> so can this be kind of a, a, a simple fix of maybe just, you know, a young guy exhaling a little bit and because he's a mobile quarterback and mobile quarterbacks certainly have given the Saints some fits. They give everybody fits. But when you're right. talking, talking about a guy who's 6'5 and 240, he really can give you fits, uh, especially after a game like the Saints just had yesterday. So is it you know, a, a, a somewhat simple fix, you know, they know what the recipe to success is. So it, right. it kind of getting back to it. I, I think, I think so. Uh, I think you will see more of that dynamic kind of guy. Um, he thrives and he loves primetime and, and he knows, and the whole team knows as I'm, as, as the saints players know, and everybody playing Thanksgiving Day, you know, you know, the eyes of the of the nation are on you in, in a bigger way than any other prime. It's such a captive audience. And um, I, I think that for, for Josh's sake and for this offense's sake, it's probably a good thing that there's not a lot of uh, there's no almost no ability to have a structured preparation for this one. The Thursday games, the quick turnaround games, 
generally are your rest as much as you can that first day. Uh, you do as much as you can in a walkthrough, maybe on the second day. You're traveling the third day in the case of the Bills. And I, I feel like um, it, it's for, for as, it, as it will be for the Saints and other teams, you're, you're now counting more on your skill and ability than you are on a thorough, complex game plan. Because there is no time for that. No time to practice, practice it, study it, learn it. Uh, they'll have a lot of basic stuff, I believe. And to your point, he will be probably moving around. They know those challenges that, that a mobile quarterback does present to the defense. They'll take advantage of that. They'll also try to take advantage of the, of the man coverage that the Saints like to use uh, extensively on defense. And uh, the Jets did that. He eats that up. I mean, their passing game devours that. So they will love and welcome man coverage. Um, I think the, the other question will be defensively, can they handle what the Saints bring their way um, with if Alvin Kamara is playing uh, and, and the complexity of Sean Payton's defense? You know, I, I got to piggyback off of that. The Bills traveling Wednesday because, you know, myself personally, although the NFL doesn't listen to me, I hate Thursday road games. Eat up with a passion. <laughs> is, is there an advantage there for, for the home team? Because you know, as you mentioned, the team only gets a certain amount of preparation and they do have to travel and, you know, you don't, you're not able to, to ingest as much as maybe you'd like to. I, I'm not sure, John. I, I feel like, hasn't this been the year where the road teams have done well overall? I, I don't have the, the stat in front of me regarding Thursdays or Thursday night football specifically. I'm with you. I, it's not going to be a great product. And in one form or another, you will you usually do get to see or do see uh, some kind of a lopsided outcome because, again, the skill of one team just overtakes the other, and you don't necessarily get to prepare the way you would like to. Uh, and that traveling team, you would think, is at a disadvantage. Now, having said that, the last time the Bills played a Thanksgiving game a couple of years ago at Dallas, uh, you'll recall, and that was kind of a coming-out party for Josh yes. Allen, for this mm -hmm. offense, for the team nationally. Uh, and, and they were, uh, you know, they, they were more than thrilled to do it. They were the traveling team and all those advantage or all those disadvantages that go with it. I mean, it didn't, it didn't pose a problem. So I'm not so sure that they see it that way. I hear you loud and clear. And, and I know it's about the business of the NFL to try to have as much um, as much audience as possible for as many available days as possible, but uh, they're, they're, they, I know they also try to try to put a limit to not maybe oversaturate yet. Uh, this is one of those situations where for the sake of, of quality football, it can be missing many times on, uh, on Thursdays. You talked a little bit about the schedule of the bills. They lost that game against Jacksonville, but they did bounce back had a big win over the jets then they have this loss mentally how quickly are they able to kind of turn the page or and is this loss something that might be harder for them to move forward from since there is yeah. less time and that's a that's a great question Aaron I so we asked that question of Sean McDermott of players after the game on Sunday and the answer Sean gave a one of the answers Sean gave was I, you could call it a non-answer but he did say I see both sides of it where if you had a longer week, 
to prepare, you could really work out a lot of the details of what you did wrong, what you screwed mm -hmm. up. You, you, you spend the week fixing that. Short week, you don't get to do that. And then you basically focus on the flush. And that was what I heard from players as well. We flush this one. We just don't even, and it'll be interesting to see if they even bothered to watch a lot of it over sure. again or study a lot of it um, to, to just, that they sort of knew what went wrong. So to your point, um, I, I'm not sure if, I, I think the way they're wired or the way their coach talks about them being wired, the flushing thing is probably more, is probably truer. That said, the pressure that's been increased when you, when I looked at the stretch of games ahead, looking at Sunday, the Colts, looking at Thursday night, looking at New England Monday night mm -hmm. after that, and then at Tampa, that four game you know, that, that four game cluster to me was, or is a defining part of the season. But in my mind, I had them winning against the Colts. And then I said, if they lost one of the other NFC games or NFC South games, New Orleans or Tampa, they could weather that as long as they win the con conference slash division game, right. uh, which is what the Patriot game will be. And um, they're, they're now in a, in a place where you got to just have a win period. You can't come back from that Colts loss with an, with another loss uh, a few days later. Saints in a similar position where they really need a win period. <laughs> it's been yeah. an up and down road for, for them as well. For Saints fans that haven't paid as, as much attention to the bills. Can you give me you know, a couple of names on both sides of the ball, people we need to watch out sure. for on Thursday. Sure. And again, obviously let's start on offense, mm -hmm. um, paying attention to Josh Allen and how he rebounds from a game. I mean, I, I think, you know, people like to see top level players. I, I, I know you, you know, you want to see a win if you're whatever team you're, you're, uh, it has your loyalty, but um, when he's on, He's, he's dynamic to watch. Uh, again, incredible athlete, uh, great arm. He's got, he's got all the makings of an of a incredible player, excellent player. But um, we got to see it on a consistent basis. And he, he's, he's a, a, a player who will thrive when his receivers are single covered. Stefan Diggs, watch number 14. That guy can be special. Uh, his touchdown uh, in the Colts game, he uh, it's right near an area where guys were taking uh, the photographers were shooting. He picks up a camera and starts taking photos. So that was kind of a cool, that's the personality he has. And he's a lot of fun. Um, and then I'd say uh, as far as uh, the, the, a guy who drops some balls, but when he, and he's, he's coming back from a broken hand, Dawson Knox, a tight end 88. He has been um, someone when he's been getting that, uh, momentum. This has been his best season so far. And then he suffered a broken hand, had a setback from that, but a, a, a dangerous target that I know Josh always looks for defensively. Um, I, I think you look for uh, Tredavious white at cornerback. Uh, one of the corners he's, he's right up there with some of the better ones in the league. Um, I'd look at 58 Matt Milano linebacker, who is uh, a, a guy who, just always finds himself around the ball. Didn't have a particularly good game against the Colts, but definitely a guy who, who just position, he has great instincts and he's, he's not the, the biggest, most gifted athlete, but makes himself that 
with how he just involves himself with everything. And then on the back end, uh, the, those two safeties are, I, I think, as good a duo as you'll find in Micah Hyde, 23, and uh, Jordan Poyer, 21. Those two, those two uh, form such a, a, a great kind of gauntlet, if you will, both in terms of pass coverage. Uh, they can affect the run game. Uh, and, and although, again, we haven't, we haven't seen evidence of it uh, lately as far as the run goes uh, when it's a top back. But Jordan Poyer has been so opportunistic. I think he's having a, a real Pro Bowl season. Vic, two really, really quick comments here on Tredavious White. Yeah. So everyone around here loves him except for this game. And mm -hmm. Stefan Diggs is a dirty four-letter word out here. So just, you know, you know that as well as him. <laughs> I do. I know. I know. I know. He. That's not a name that necessarily is going <laughs> to register well in uh, – among Saints fans, yeah. I sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> Vic, are you going to be here yeah. for the game? I I won't be, um, but I will be doing a so um, uh, I'm I do work uh, with the NBC affiliate in Buffalo WGRC. Uh, I on air and contribute as a as a writer. So we're going to set up our. Uh, we did this with the previous Sunday night game they played. Uh, we'll be set up in the studio. And, uh, and we expect, uh, the expectation, I've heard this from upper management of the station, that it could set like a record. Uh, they think it, they're, they're confident it will set a record for viewership uh, of, of any programming, I think live programming they've had, or certainly any Bills game, uh, because of the nature of it all. It's Thanksgiving night, yeah. it's the Bills, right? And, and you've got them on, on their channel. So they're very excited and I know they were excited the sales staff was excited about the ads that they were selling uh for this game the local ads yeah well then we'll all be spending our Thanksgiving with our work family and I appreciate the time that you spared for us today kind of giving us some insight on the bills and I guess I'll say good luck but hopefully mm -hmm. this one goes well, in our favor my, pl <laughs> my pleasure I, ho I hope we see a you know a good ball game either either way uh and I you know I have the utmost respect for Sean Payton I think he's as good as it gets coaching wise um and you know I I track a lot of things obviously as someone who's covered this league a long long time but as also a voter for the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh you you, you just make a lot of notes whether they're mental notes or, or written notes about um people that you look at and know that at some point, iconically, they get recognition. I, I think, again, on the short list of great coaching, Sean's right there. And, and that's why I say if you, if you had, if for Saints fans, if you're looking for a reason to feel good about a coming, and it's hard to feel good about coming off that loss. It's hard to feel good about a season that, you know, you need to see some traction, but in a short preparation against a good, really good, talented football team coming to town, the coaching staff can make a big difference. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. It was great talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you so much to Vic for joining us on the podcast, giving us a lot of good info on the bills, lots of players to watch and kind of a little insight onto to what's been going on with them over the past few weeks as they've been up and down here of late, a team that we all thought was going to be, yeah, as he mentioned, one of the contenders when it was all said and done, they really looked like a great team at the beginning of the season. John, when you look at the Bills and this upcoming matchup, what is your focus in this one? Well, hopefully the Saints can extend what's been happening to the Bills, and that simply is every opponent has has raised their level of play. Um, 
I think Vic said it well, where, you know, now you're the hunted and the Bills handle that particularly well because they're not accustomed to being in that role. Uh, that's a role that the Saints have worn well for the last four or five years. Now, of course, that was with Drew Brees at quarterback. How are they handling it? How are they going to handle it now uh, going forward this season? Because they're five and five. And unfortunately, you know, on a three game losing streak. But, you know, the Bills are, you know, the, the last two out of the three have really lost some games that they probably didn't feel like they were going to lose. So you know, that's part of being the hunted is when you get the opponent's best game. And hopefully the Saints can, can do the same thing, give them their best game. You mentioned Drew Brees. He will be on hand as he's on the call with Mike Tirico for NBC for that game. And they are asking everybody to be in their seats by 7 p.m. because the player introductions will be a part of the NBC broadcast. And they want to make sure that the fans are loud and the energy is high at the very start of this broadcast. So make sure that you're in your seat at 7 if you're going to be in attendance for that game. And also Brees will be speaking at halftime. So that'll be something fun to be a part of. And everyone's Excited to have him back here in New Orleans at a game after not getting the opportunity to really hear from him after his retirement. So it'll be a cool opportunity this Thursday night. Big game. We're looking forward to it. And the Saints will kind of get into their week routine after a day off on Monday, starting Tuesday and Wednesday. Short week, only a couple of days to prepare, but we will be able to hear from the coaches and players and kind of see how the injury report is stacking up ahead of this game against the Bills. John, thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. Appreciate you and appreciate all of you for listening. You can always find it on NewOrleansSaints.com, Apple, iTunes, or our app presented by Verizon. 